In today's show, we're going to look at the five games in the NBA from Thursday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball. And on Instagram, at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, five games in the NBA. We're going to look at all of those and then preview the 10 games for Friday for FanDuel. So let's get stuck straight into those right now. The first game, the Philadelphia 76ers, they go down to an undermanned Brooklyn Nets, 122-109. There was no Seth Curry and no Mike Scott and no Furkan Korkmaz for Philadelphia. Shake Milton started, played 36 minutes, had 24 points with seven assists. He did that with some great shooting, seven of seven from the line. 62% from the field. This is a great Shake Milton night. There's no denying that. But can he have this opportunity every night? No. Can he be this successful every night? No. The seven assists are interesting. He's had a couple of big assist games lately. He's fine as a 12-team streamer. He was a great streamer today. But outside of that, without with the injury to Seth Curry, um, or when Curry's back, it's hard to get too excited. Embiid started off pretty slowly, but had 20 and 12 in the end. What Tyrese Maxey, I love Maxey long-term. 16 points in 21 minutes, two threes, two assists, a steal, a block, 58%. Still struggles in getting to the line. Zero attempts here, but really flashed a lot. While the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Uh, 17, 8 and 4, a steal, a three, 34 minutes. He was the 12th ranked player about three or four days ago. He's down to 29th. He's starting to come in line with where I think he's going to be. Well, Danny Green with another strong night. A steal, a block, three threes. He's not for everybody. He's not for points leagues players, that's for sure. But in category leagues, his threes, his steals, and his blocks are super valuable. And he's back inside the top 120 for this season. It was a pretty poor night from Ben Simmons, who is struggling this year. 11-4 and four with two assists, two steals, and a block. Not a great night. Is he a buy low? He's a bit of a buy low, but I wouldn't be going overboard on it. Um, but yeah, the encouraging thing there is the big play of Maxi and Milton. Now, the Nets were without Kevin Durant. We knew that. And then Kyrie Irving, pregame, uh, was out for personal reasons. And it appears that Irving will not play on Friday either. That is um, not great. Obviously, if you have Irving, he is uh, sitting out because of the incidences allegedly that, or not the, not the uh, incidences took place, but he is allegedly sitting out because of the incident that took place in Washington yesterday. So without him, we got Karis LeVert starting at point guard. Now he just absolutely, he destroys your percentages all the time. 36% on 25 attempts is horrendous. 4 of 10 from the line is a disaster, but the counting stats are always pretty good. 22, 7, and 10 with two steals, but LeVert is not a top 100 player this year. But he's going to rack up big counting stats in games where Kyrie and KD are out. Joe Harris went to the bench last game and was bad. He went to the bench this game and he was good. 28 points, 30 minutes, 6 triples, 6 assists, 4, 6 rebounds, sorry, 4 assists, 58% shooting. Missed both his free throws, weirdly. And he's not a great free throw shooter, which is not something you expect from one of the best uh, three-point shooters in the NBA. Harris, um, it's too early to call how he's going to look on that bench roll moving forward, but this was encouraging. 
I did caution the Jarrett Allen minutes and say, look, maybe he won't get as many as he did last time out. It's still encouraging that he started. It's still encouraging that he played 28, and it's encouraging that he should have played a lot more than this, but he still only played 28. 15 and 11 with a block in 28 minutes. He's a must-roster player. Hopefully, he can push up a little bit higher. While Jeff Green and the artist formerly known as Torian Prince had 14 and 13 points, respectively. Only one rebound apiece but added the, the defensive numbers. And with uh, Durant out, they produced okay numbers as stream-type players. Wasn't a great night for the Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Five points in 18 minutes. Yeah, fewer minutes than guys like Luau Cabro. And then you've got Chris Chiozza chiming in with six assists. And whenever Kyrie's out, if you're looking for assists, Chiozza can come in and do that. He's not going to do much in any of the other type situations, but he can provide you with that one-category boost. Next game we look at is uh, an absolute barn burner. The Cavs 94, the Grizzlies 90. Colin Sexton was ruled available to play, and then he was ruled out a couple of minutes before tip. So the Cavs were just running some absolute weird-ass lineups. Damian Dotson was their starting point guard. He played 35 minutes and had nine points. Had six assists with three steals. That's not bad. Chetty Osmond's big assist numbers continued. 16 in 38 minutes for Chetty. Now, he is... Uh, really hurting your field goal percentage, 32% here, but he had another seven assists with four threes. And while these injuries are taking place, he does have some stream value. Drummond can't. Why is he so inefficient? It's really annoying. 22 and 15 in 37 minutes, while Larry Nance had his first good game in a while. 18 points, four assists, three steals, four triples in 35 minutes. We also got a lot of JaVale McGee playing next to Drummond and playing next to Nance. 17 minutes for JaVale, 13 and six with a triple one. He has nice streaming type value on days like this, but that's really about it. And then we had Isaac Okoro bringing some defense, one steal, two blocks, nice shot at the end of the game. Eight points in 39 minutes though. That's always going to limit his fantasy value and he is not even a top 200 player so far this season. For the Grizzlies, yeah, not a great coach, uh, not a great coaching performance from Taylor Jenkins. 30 minutes for Brandon Clark. Uh, the field goal percentage was back, but he lost the defense. 14 and 9. He is playing better at the moment, but he's still not a top 200 player this season. He's fine in 12 team leagues, but I worry there's going to be a little bit too much of a crunch coming while Kyle Anderson's numbers are falling off. Only 28 minutes for Anderson, 10 and 8 with two threes. I think he's still a soft hold, but I'm not sure how long that's going to last. And if there is someone out there on the wire that you desperately need or want, I can understand dropping Anderson because he is moving out of that range of being must roster. Dylan Brooks was dreadful. Another dreadful game. 11 points in 28 minutes. He did have two steals, which is great. He had four assists, which is nice, but continues to just murder field goal percentage and murders a team that he's playing on, really, because he is not that good. While I thought Desmond Bain looked pretty good with six points in 24 minutes, and Tyus Jones did what he does, and that's have six assists. He only had nine points, but those six assists are nice. Love DeAnthony Melton. Three assists, three steals, one block. He's coming into 12-team rosterable territory. Um, I don't know if it's going to last when everyone returns, but for now, Melton has some 12-team back-end value, while Valanciunas had 17 and 10 with a pair of blocks. Again, a lot of questionable coaching decisions here. I don't know why Grayson Allen's playing instead of just giving those minutes to Bain. Bain should be starting over Brooks. Limited minutes for Anderson. Melton should be playing more. There are a lot of questionable things, I think, here happening with the Grizzlies and some of their rotations. I know they're hamstrung by injuries, but I think better decisions could have been made. If you want to make a better decision and you're going to you know, use your excellent sporting knowledge, put it to the test. NFL playoffs, the NBA, it's all happening at the moment. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, and if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, when you make your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. You want to take a bet on the Nets playing the Grizzlies tomorrow with no Kyrie Irving? By all means, BetOnline will help you out there. You want to take a player prop on over-under points for Karis LeVert? 
Bet Online will help you out. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, on to the next game of the day. We had the San Antonio Spurs getting the win over the Lakers. 118-109. LaMarcus Aldridge. Almost the most encouraging thing here is the fact he played 31 minutes. 28 points. He'd been shooting poorly. Not so the case here. 61%, 29 usage. Still no blocks, five rebounds. Not the greatest night, but it proves that he's not dead. It proves that he's not completely washed. And yeah, that is why we held on to him through some of those early season struggles. And, and it's been a struggle, but that's awesome. 19 points for DeMar DeRozan, eight assists, two steals, a block, two triples, a four-point play in there as well, massive. Well, it was also a good night from Lonnie Walker. If I'm going to criticize Walker for some of his performances, I'll praise him when he has a good one. 14 and six in 27 minutes with a block and, uh, and two threes. Decent enough night, but not a 12-team league player. DeJounte Murray had 18 and 8, and that was strong. While Rudy Gay's strong run continues. He is a 12-team league stream type option at the moment. Um, 15 and 6 with three threes. While Paddy Mills, the seven assists are fantastic. Couldn't keep up that hot shooting. He is going to fall off at some point. Um, he has been a marginal 12-team value at the moment as a stream guy. It's not going to last long term. While it wasn't a great night from Calden Johnson, five points on two of 10 shooting. Just hold on him. For the Lakers, Davis had 23 and 10 with a steal and three blocks. And then LeBron had 27, 6 and 12 with four threes. Big night from the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, 13 and 10 in 30 minutes on 38% shooting, which was rough. While with uh, Alex Crusoe coming back, Dennis Schroeder, he is tumbling. I think he's going to be droppable at some point. I didn't think that he was a top 100 player at the, the beginning of the season. He surprised me to begin the year. He is falling way off. He is outside the top 130 at the moment, and it's probably going to be worse after today's games are finished. While Montrez Harrell, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm absolutely fine. We're dropping him in 10-teamers and probably in 12-teamers as well. 10 points in 18 minutes. Just the situation. I never liked it for either of those guys heading into this year, and it's playing out yeah, pretty similar to how I expected it would, which is it's always gratifying, I guess, when that sort of stuff happens. It doesn't happen all the time, obviously, but that, that one has happened. Now, I did, you know, get full transparency. I did record the the Sixers and Nets game result, you know, basically straight after that game finished. But since then, there's been reports come out that Seth Curry has tested positive for COVID-19, the Sixers' whole team is quarantining in New York. Joel Embiid says he will not play until he um, is sure that he hasn't contracted the disease. He will remain uh, in quarantine. So the Sixers, who have a game on Saturday, and they have five games next week, um, we could be seeing some very interesting things happen with that roster, who plays, who doesn't. Keep an eye on who is free to play, who doesn't play over that five-game week. Um, obviously, we hope everyone is okay and it doesn't, you know, because they played the Wizards yesterday. So are the Wizards in trouble? They played the Nets today. So is the Nets and the Grizzlies game going to happen on Friday? There are a lot of question marks that are surrounding that, and we just don't know the answer to that at this point with uh, with either of those guys. But Seth's going to be out yeah, yeah, a, a chunk of time here, so that does change my thoughts on Shake Milton. He's a must-add player for the short term, and there's going to be value that appears in other areas. Maybe it's Tyrese Maxey. Maybe it's someone like um, Dwight Howard if, if MB does happen to miss time. But there's so much up in the air about it at that point. I thought it was worth, obviously, it's worth mentioning now that I do have that information, which I didn't have when I talked about that Sixers game earlier on today. 
Let's go on to the next game now. It is the Portland Trailblazers really just destroying the Minnesota Timberwolves. This Wolves team is, is horrible. Now, that 135-117 final score flatters the Timberwolves. They were getting destroyed. They are actually the they're probably the worst team in the NBA, and that includes teams like Detroit and the Thunder who aren't trying. The Wolves do owe a first-round pick to the Warriors this year. That's top three protected. Um, if it doesn't convey this year, it's unprotected the year after. Just so many horrendous decisions from this front office and coaching staff uh, time after time. Now, it's it's obviously not easy without, without Carl Anthony Towns. Not easy. Josh Okogie was a starter. He's out as well. Nobody nobody should really be giving excuses for Josh Okogie not being there. This team is just poorly constructed. It's poorly coached. Um, Russell had 26 points. Not a bad night. And you've got to give props to Anthony Edwards, who played 31 minutes and scored 26 points. That's the best game of his NBA career. It did take 21 shots to get there, a usage of 35%, and he had a true shooting of 54% overall, which is pretty rough. And he is going to hurt those percentage categories, and especially the field goal. Maybe not the free throw, especially the field goal. He's ranked outside the top 200 for the year. If you want to stream him in for your points league value, yeah, sure. Uh, for his point scoring, yeah, sure. But he just is a negative in a lot of different areas. My man, Jared Vanderbilt, that's a bright spot. 10 and 10 in 21 minutes with two blocks, or two steals, sorry. They just need to play this dude more. Um, I don't know whether they will. And they're going with Ed Davis for God knows what reason. He's starting and playing 14 minutes. That's 14 minutes that we should never have to see again. I don't know why they're doing it. Naz Reed had 13 and 5 in 16. He's a drop. I'm, I'm for adding Vanderbilt in 16-team leagues, probably 14-teamers, and I'm watching in 12-teamers. Ricky Rubio had struggled, and then at the down the stretch of this game, uh, he had 10 assists in total, 5 steals, 5 rebounds, and playing with some of these young guys, it really seemed to open things up for him. I'm not saying that he's a must-roster guy, but he is an assist option if you need it. While Juancho Hernan Gomez, unsurprisingly, wasn't able to replicate what he did against Denver with just 12 points in 22 minutes, and it was a shit night from Malik Beasley, who... I just don't think he's a starting caliber NBA player, but that's fine because this is not an NBA caliber roster. 12 points in 28 minutes for Malik with three threes, four rebounds, and two assists, albeit on 23% shooting. Edwards should be starting over him absolutely 100%. Uh, even though I don't think Edwards is that good, Beasley doesn't have a future as a good NBA starter, in my opinion. I, I, again, I could be very wrong on that, but I just don't see what is going on with half this stuff. Jarrett Culver, what an absolute bust of a pick at pick number six. Seven points in 20 minutes. I just don't know if he's ever going to get it figured out. He's young. It's his second season. Maybe things can change. I am absolutely not convinced that that will be the case. There's just a lot going on here. Drop uh, Reed. Drop Culver if you've got him in a 12-teamer. Not dropping Beasley necessarily, but I'd consider it. I'd consider adding Edwards if you need the scoring boost for sure. Rubio if you need an assist boost for sure. Vanderbilt's absolutely one of the hottest watch list guys that we look at. Whether they just say, yeah, screw this shit and we're playing him 25 minutes, I'm not sure they do. But if they do, we're going to get some big stuff happening. And it took basically until the game was out of hand until we saw him play at power forward, which is frustrating because really his path to minutes and relevance is going to be playing power forward next to Carl Anthony Towns. So maybe they want to figure that out and see whether that actually works. But another big performance from him. He's a rebounding monster, and he's someone to watch. 29 minutes for Lillard, 39 points, 7 triples, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks. Big night there, while McCullum cooled off somewhat. No steals, which he'd been tracking at a massive rate. 4 assists dropped off as well, 20 points in 26 minutes, but still a big night. But how about the big fella, Yusuf Nurkic? Just 23 minutes, but 17 and 7. 
Is he back on track? He's looked better and better every single game. This is awesome. Obviously, we're hoping he continues to get better. Carmelo Anthony, only nine points, and Derek Jones, only 19 minutes with nine points, and Covington, after a bit of a bounce back last time, was uh, not good. Three points in 23 minutes, but it's hard to judge this uh, Blazers team given the level of the opponents and the fact that they had to go half pace for the majority of this game. Big minutes for Gary Trent, 27 of them. He does nothing more than score or hit threes, realistically. Um, but really, the, the big th- actually, let's talk Ennis Cantor because when you get two steals and two blocks out of Ennis Cantor, you know that something has shined pretty brightly on you. He had 10 and 7 in 14 minutes. I, again, I do not believe that he is a 12-team league must roster player. A lot of people do, apparently, because he's rostered in 90% of advanced leagues. That's that's just way too many for me. And I would not be you know, stealing a roster spot with Ennis Cantor on it. 14-teamer? Sure, no worries. 12-teamer, you can absolutely do better. But this was a really nice performance from Cantor in limited minutes, but those defensive numbers are just not realistic, nor is the 100% that he shot from the field. All right, let's go on to the last game of the day. Overtime win for the Dallas Mavericks, 124 to 117. Some people have asked me, those watching the video, what do the red lines mean next to people? It just means that at the end of the game, they're the five people who are on who are on the court for their teams. That's that's all that is. So nothing to get too uh, worked up about. The Mavericks win 124-117. Luka Doncic was great. 43 minutes, 38-9-13. Four steals, one block, two triples. Unfortunately, he was at 67% from the line, but 59 overall from the field. A big night there. While Dorian Finney-Smith filled it up everywhere. 14-8, four threes, three steals, and two blocks. Um, I believe he was one of my streaming options for today, so that worked out pretty well. He's more of a 14-team league guy, though. While Maxi Kleber was dead quiet until the end where he hit three threes. Nine points in 36 minutes. He is a starter at the moment over Tim Hardaway, while Hardaway had 11 points in 25 minutes. So uh, he did the opposite, Joe Harris. Off the bench for one game, lit it up. Second game, not so good. He's more of that. He's he's a 12-team sort of guy at at a back-end level. Willie Cauley-Stein started again over Dwight Powell. Five points, nine rebounds. Um, got into some foul trouble, so maybe that could have been better. I'm not super excited about Cauley-Stein as a must-add 12-team league guy, but in a 14-teamer, yeah, sure, we can uh, look into that. While Powell, uh, seven points in 10 minutes, he struggled. While Richardson also continues to struggle, I would drop Josh Richardson in 12-team leagues. For the Nuggets, big, big chungus. It was a shit night from Jokic from the free throw line, 6 of 10, but 38 and 11, 4 threes, 4 assists and 2 steals. He continues to be unbelievable, while the headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 21 points with 9 assists. And Gaz Harris, is Gaz Harris back? I doubt it, but... Nice, Gary! 15 points in 40 minutes. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be out 10 to 14 days due to breaking his quarantine procedure. Stunned. Absolutely shocked. That happened to Porter. Uh, so Barton gets a reprieve in his value. So does Monty Morris, who had 11, 3, and 3. Barton had 8 and 7. Now, they're just back-end 12-team guys, but they do get an increase in their value. Well, there were people rushing to add Jermichael Green. Uh, yeah, 10 points in 19 minutes with 9 rebounds. His value is fine as a 14 to, to like 16-team leaguer, but he was never going to be a must-roster 12 guy, nor is Paul Millsap, who had 5 points in 29 minutes. If you have Paul Millsap in a 12-team league, Um, you can do a lot better than that. Let's now have a look at some of the ads and drops. Cole Anthony, a massive 63% up, as I've said multiple times. You just add him and let's just see what happens over the next week or so. Paddy Mills was up 31%. I assume that that was um, to stream in today. And he delivered with seven assists. I don't believe he's a must-hold 12-team league player. Jermichael Green up 14%, not a 12-teamer. Gorgie Jeng up 13%. Yeah, he's not a 12-teamer either. Well, Chetty Osman, I think with the injuries in Cleveland, if you're looking for some scoring and assists, Osman can have some of that short-term value. 
the drops. Fultz is down 48%. Of course, it's not great what happened to him, but... Uh, yeah, he has to be dropped. Nasri down 12%, clear drop. Denny Avdia down 11%, clear drop. Ricky Rubio down 9.5%. I reckon those 9.5% of people will be pretty disappointed to miss out on 10 assists and 5 steals today. But I still think it was probably the right move, just at the wrong time. You could have held Rubio for one more day when they were playing on a low-volume day. I'm not sure he's going to maintain this value or this sort of level of performance. I don't mind that as a drop. While Lou Dort at minus 9% in general, you can probably do a little bit better than Dort at this stage. Let's look at the monstrous line of the night. It is Damian Lillard, 39 points for Lillard, seven threes, seven rebounds, seven assists, three steals, 62% from the field and 86% overall from the line. And he did that in under 29 minutes. Lillard was pretty quiet to begin this season. Um, He's starting to come along now. This is obviously a big kick in that direction after that slow start. But getting that in only... Look, and the level of competition wasn't ideal. We're all well aware of that going up against Minnesota. But he's back to being the 14th ranked player and the 8th ranked player over his last seven games. So, yeah, sort of back right exactly in that area where you would have drafted him. The rookie of the night is Tyrese Maxey of the Philadelphia 76ers. Can't wait to see this guy get a regular starting gig at some point. Probably not this season, but in the future. 16 points with two threes and three rebounds. Now, he's not even a top 250 player this uh, this year, but in the last week, he is a top 170 player, and that is worth mentioning for deeper leagues. He's playing minutes. He's scoring well. Um, still got a lot of work to do in other areas, but 52% shooting over his last four games. Hasn't missed a free throw all season, albeit he's attempted one. So uh, so yeah, that's that's a problem. Getting to the line and, or not getting to the line is um, is a little bit of a problem there. But overall, a good performance from Tyrese Maxey is a good stream option for today. Let's now look at the big 10 game. Is it going to be 10 game? Is it going to be nine game? Is it going to be eight game? Who knows what's going to happen if other teams have to quarantine due to the Seth Curry COVID situation. And again, I have rec- I re- recorded this DFS section before we knew the Seth Curry stuff. So I didn't talk about it when talking about the Nets or talking about uh, the Wizards game or anything like that. So j- just be aware of that. But let's uh, let's crack in and have a look at the action for uh, for Friday in the NBA. First game to take a look at here, the Phoenix Suns and the Detroit Pistons. The Suns are six and a half point favorites, and the total here is 218.5. Both Josh Jackson and Derek Rose are listed as probable. Of course, there's no Killian Hayes. I like Jackson a lot. 5,100 is a good, good price for him. Griffin is down at 5,500. I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on that. Just remember, in the last five games, Griffin's had a 45-point performance. Now, he's been terrible since then, but at, at 5,500, I like it. Uh, Bridges at 55, probably not. Booker at 76, I'm interested in throwing that in, although he is not putting up big numbers at all. Uh, Mason Plumley not interested. Derek Rose at 6,000 is probably a little bit too high. And Jeremy Grant at 78. We love what Grant is doing. That could be marginally too high, but I don't think that it's... I don't think it's an outrageously high price by any stretch. Next up is the Thunder and the Knicks. Knicks, two and a half point favorites in the total... 208.5, of course, they did just sign Taj Gibson. We'll see how much playing time he gets. Newlands Noel is questionable. Reggie Bullock is probable. Uh, Kevin Knox is probable as well. Lord Alfred Payton's at 5,500. If anything, if the 42 minutes last game is anything to go by, we have to like Payton at that price. It looks strong. Um, Mitchie Robinson's at 58. Playing a lot of minutes, producing pretty well. I like Mitch at that salary. In fact, Mitch Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Rowan Barrett's at 6,500. Yeah, look, he's absolutely always up and down. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. I think you've got to have a look at him, especially in a tournament. There's 40 to 50 point upside. There's also 20 point downside. Julius Randle's probably the other way around the double royal. 
He's just super consistent. He's giving us you know, 45 to 50 every night. 9,400 is a big whack for Julius Randle, but he's producing, so it's hard to go past it. I don't mind Shea at 7,900, while Baisley is up at 6,700. And I reckon for Darius Baisley, 6,700 is probably erring a little bit too much on the expensive side. The Hornets and the Pelicans, the ball bowl. The Pelicans are six-point favorites. The total, 217 here. JJ Redick is questionable, as is Nicole O'Malley. Not to say that Melly would even play. Will Ball start? Probably not. Well, Lonzo will. Will Lamello start? Probably not. Bledsoe's down at 5,300. I like that a lot. Lonzo's at 6,300. I like that less, but there is some GPP value in him. While Zion at 78 looks good, and Lamello at 6,900. Giggity. Um, look, he's putting up cracker numbers. His lowest score in his last five is 31 Fangel points. He can obviously do better than that. I'm not saying that he is um, the best option out there, but I don't dislike Lamello at that salary. Gordon Haywood at 8,000 looks pretty strong to me with a very, very strong floor. And Paul Washington Jr. at 58 also looks like a relatively good play. The Wizards and the Celtics, Tristan Thompson, Jeff T, Grant Williams, and Robbie Williams are all questionable for the Celtics. Russell Westbrook, questionable after suffering that uh, dislocated finger. Marcus Smart's at 5,900. I do like that for Smart, while Tom Bryant, the tank's at 6,400. Um, that looks pretty good to me. He had just 20 points, but it was against Embiid last time out. Not quite the same matchup here. I'm going to love Daniel Tice a lot if Thompson and Grant Williams and Robert Williams are all ruled out. In fact, if just one of those guys are ruled out, it gives Tice a little bit of a boost. At 4,300, he looks pretty good. Tatum's at 94, really solid, as is Jalen Brown at 8,000. Rui Hachimura's a no, and Westbrook at 10-7 feels high. Brad Beal's up to 10-1. Um, that's probably probably a little bit too high for him at uh, at this point, but we don't know. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm not I'm not getting overly uh, overly excited about it. Next up is the Jazz taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are six point favorites. The total is 231. Joe Ingles is on the injury report, being questionable with some Achilles issues. Uh, Big Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo's at 48. Probably leave him. Uh, Brook Lopez at 47. I like a lot. Middleton at 74 is a rock solid cash play. Well, Gobert is up at 8,400. That feels a little bit too high for me for Gobert. Yanni at 11-2 looks uh, relatively strong. Well, punched by Bobby Portis, averaging 31 over his last three. Only, yeah, look, it's hard to get too excited, but in a blowout, there is upside. He's a GPP guy to me, not much more. I wouldn't want to use Don Mitchell, especially considering he is priced at 8,000 and going up against this Bucks team, which is not a great matchup. Next up is the Magic and the Rockets. No Markel Fultz, of course. The Rockets are five and a half point favorites, and the total is 227 here. Cole Anthony at 5,000. I'd happily throw that in, but he's a $1,200 price rise, so that takes a little bit of the shine there off. Fournier is questionable, as is Christian Wood. 5,300 for Fournier. No. Uh, 5,700 for Terrence Ross. Interested. Jimmy Harden's at 11,4. There's going to be no Daniel House as well. I'd probably leave Harden alone, and Christian Wood at 9,000 is too high. John Wall at 8.5, probably also on the too high side, while the 5,300 for DeMarcus Cousins is too high if Wood plays. If Wood is out, then it is a great price for DeMarcus Cousins. Aaron Gordon and Eric Gordon, I'd much rather go with Eric at 58 with how he is currently playing, although he's shooting an absolutely astronomical figure on twos, and that is going to fall. Brooklyn and Memphis, it does look like that Kyrie will not play on Friday. Um... Bruce Brown at 3,900 has some upside. Kyle Anderson at 59, struggling a little bit. I'd leave that alone. So we've got to look at Karis LeVert at 68 as a really strong option. And Jarrett Allen at 7,000 looks to be a pretty good play there as well. 
Um, yeah, not much else that's super interesting. Maybe you could throw Desmond Bain at 3,800 as some upside option. Same with DeAnthony Melton at 3,800. But nothing that completely gets me uh, gets me all tickled. The Bulls and the Lakers. No spread or total out at this point. No Markinen, Sadoransky, Archer Jackano, or Chandler Hutchison for Chicago. Schroeder's at 5,300. I reckon there's a chance that Anthony Davis doesn't play, but I don't know that at this stage. Schroeder's at 53. Yeah, maybe some GPP value there. Same with Wendell Carter Jr. at 56 and Montrez Harrell at 53. They Big men can put up some pretty big, um, some pretty big performances against the Chicago Bulls, so be aware of that. Um, you got LeBron at 10,200, which is yeah pretty good. He's always destroyed the Bulls, so I don't mind him here. Kobe White's at 66. That looks like a pretty good play to me as well. The Raptors and the Kings, no spread or total available yet because De'Aaron Fox and Rashawn Holmes are questionable. That means there could be some extra value for Marvin Bagley. There could be some value, in fact, for your mate. The Hassan Whiteside, and massive value for Tyrese Halliburton. Now, Halliburton's at 5,400. I would put him in lineup straight away. Love him at that price. Um, Buddy Heels at 52. He's been shitful, but at 5,200, there is GPP value there. I wouldn't want to use Fox, but I would want to use Van Vliet at 78 and Lowry at 77. The wiki Chris Boucher at 62 is too high, while the pencil Harrison Barnes at 6,100. Barnesy! I like that as a good cash floor play. Marvin Bagley's at 5,800, and I think if Holmes is ruled out, that would be a pretty interesting play for us to use. I don't like Holmes particularly at 6,800, nor do I like Siakam at $8,000 redos. Let's go on to the last game of the day. It is the Golden State Warriors and the Clippers. The Clippers are a clean injury report, while Steph Curry is questionable for Golden State. Clippers are favored by four and a half, and the total is 232 points here. Draymond's at 51. There's some GPP value in him, while Marcus Morris at 38. I like that as a tournament player as well. He'll probably come off the bench and get a ton of usage. Ubre's at 53. I'm not interested, nor am I with Wiseman at 48, while Kawhi at 96 and Curry at 97. Give me Kawhi at 96 is not a bad play, although his numbers lately have been a bit understated. I love Paul George at 8,800. I think there's a tremendous amount of value in what Paul George is currently doing, so he looks like a pretty good option to me. That'll do it for today's show. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. If those of you who don't know, no recaps after Friday's games, no recaps after Saturday's games. That's the way it is. That's where it's been for a while. Don't do those big shows on those days, but there will still be some mini shows, uh, so check those ones out, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.